Well, it's a wonderful opportunity to be here. I was here January of this year, and uh, a lot has happened since. You know, this world, I believe, already reached its peak. We're now on the way down, and we're picking up speed. What a wonderful word of encouragement <laughs> to start a message with. But I want you to know that this is exactly why you, I could have, you know, sugar-coated uh, this whole thing and gave you, you know, wonderful words on how great things are in this world, but, you know, turn on your TV and you'll see it's, you know, uh, all over the world. There are uh, riots, looting, um, people are hungry, people are thirsty, people have no electricity, people have no running water, people have no food, people have no medicines. I mean, what's going on in Cuba right now? They have no medicines. I mean, and uh, there's a new generation of people who are saying enough is enough. We're, we're not going to bow down to all of this. And uh, we see it uh, all over the world, but you know, the Bible is talking about the whole world, of course, but events in the Middle East matters when it comes to what's next. Yep. And when you see the Middle East falling apart, then you know something big is happening. Even in my country, we have a new government, the government of change. You probably have heard that word. We bought the same line. Same thing. Change. It, it's a big change. Change for the worse. And it breaks my heart to see my country buying into this lie and deception of progressive liberalism. And unfortunately, what we see in this world today is that it's not that the liberal progressives turning into conservatives, it's that the conservatives flip into liberal progressives. And it's not only here, it's also in my country. The only reason why Netanyahu could not pr continue to be prime minister is because conservatives flipped. Yeah. And now they were rewarded uh, with the prime minister's office. You flipped, we'll give you the prime minister's office even though you only have six seats out of 120 seats. You flipped, get the prime minister's office. How sad. Yes. And once they get a, 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 some hold of the powerhouse, the, the, the control of the country, they bank on the fact that people have short-term memory and they know that people will continue to get softer and softer and softer. And it's always the conservative that will flip to this side and not the opposite. Now the title of this message this evening is The Promise. And it's important to me that we all understand that there's a lot, look, there's a lot of promises in the whole Bible and certainly the promises that Jesus himself gave to his followers. We, we must remember that. But uh, there's a specific promise that I want to talk about and uh, before we do that, why don't we pray? Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is true, and we ask that you will sanctify us by that truth. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. 
So the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more, so much the more as you see the day approaching. And we, we, we can clearly see here that there is a hope, our hope, and there's also a promise. Now the hope is for the future, the promise was given in the past. And that is an important thing. See, God promises things and He will always deliver them at His time. It's important that we understand that. Even if we are faithless, He remains faithful. Why? Because He cannot deny Himself. Your word is what? True. And we need to be sanctified by that truth. You know, God cannot lie. God is truth. Who is the liar? Satan. Satan. Who is the deceiver? You know, to be a deceiver, you must know the truth. Because only when you know the truth, you can deceive. You can be wrong. That doesn't make you a deceiver. But when you know the truth and you choose to tell the opposite, that's what makes you a deceiver. And God will always tell us the truth. Satan will always know the truth and tell you the opposite. That's why... The Garden of Eden, what did he tell Eve? Don't worry, you will not die. He knew that death will come because that's who he is. And he lied and death indeed came. But we see that the promises of God and the hope that we have for that future are not depending on our being, us being perfect. Look, if we are what? Faithless because of what we see around us. He remains faithful. Even with this president. <laughs> yes. Do you think God is no longer faithful because there's a senile in the White House? God is faithful. God is faithful. I'm not political. I'm not. I'm telling you. God is faithful no matter what. Whether there is 44th, 45th, 46th, He is faithful. Amen. He cannot deny Himself. He did not lose control. It's us that are getting so scared and so confused and so hysteric. And we, we think that this is... No, God is in control. In fact, the world is looking at us to see if we have enough faith to know that He is going to keep His promises. Look at them, they're all scared. They're it's, all, it's probably a whole scam. For all the promises of God in Him are what? Yes! And in Him what? Amen! To the glory of God through us. It's amazing. Not even a single promise ends up with a no. It's yes, not just yes. And all the people say, Amen! Amen. That's what it is. And it's important that we understand that. We've got those beautiful descriptions of the character of God. Remember that you, you, once Gentiles in the flesh. Look at you. Gentiles. 
You know, look, 2,000 years ago, I would stand right here and look at you and I will pity you. 2,000 years ago, before. I will look at you and I will say, hmm, they know nothing. Look at them. They worship the wrong gods. They eat the wrong thing. Look at them. They're the other people on the other side. You were once Gentiles. You know that the book of Ephesians begins with three chapters of, it's all about God. The only one, the one thing he asks in the three chapters of the book, in the first three chapters, is remember. Remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ. That's why I'm saying only 2,000 years ago I could have said that. You were without Christ, being alien from the commonwealth of Israel. You see why I could say that? Because you were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Even if, listen, even if Israel were not following God, they were still the commonwealth of Israel. They still had promises. They still have a covenant. And it's you who were lost. And he said, look what he says. Strangers from the covenants of what? Hello? <laughs> Strangers from the covenant of what? Promise. promise. You had no promises. You had no hope. You had no God. You had no anchor, no rock, no nothing to hold on to. You were lost. That's why he says you were lost. Having no hope without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been what? Brought near by what? By your good works? By your great looks? By the bacon next to your eggs? No. It's by the blood of Christ finished work on the cross and it's interesting because look what he's saying is this there are promises but it only through the purchase that you were uh, gone through by the blood of Christ you can enjoy that promise you can now be found and not lost Hebrews says but now he has promised saying yet once more I will sh I shake not only the earth but also heaven now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken may remain God promises that only the things that he made will stay standing all the rest is going to collapse what is it that you put your trust in? It will collapse if it's not God. If it's not what He made. And, and I love Daniel. You know, Daniel is the prophet that spoke about the times of the Gentiles more than any other prophets. Most of the prophets talk to Israel about Israel. Daniel described in most, in most of the chapters the times of the Gentiles. And I, Daniel was grieved in my spirit when my body and the visions of my head troubled me. 
troubled me. I came near to one of those who stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. Those great beasts, which are four, are four kings, which arise out of the earth. He's saying, these are kingdoms. These are empires. They're not heavenly. They're not of God. They're not for God. They're out of the earth. But look. <laughs> but, again, but the saints of the Most High, he's not saying Israel here, by the way. <laughs> the saints of the Most High shall receive what? The, the kingdom. And possess the kingdom. For how long? Two days? Two weeks? Forever. Even forever and ever. Wow. Why are you so depressed? <laughs> now, you know, when you prepare a message about the promise, you Google promises of God. Because there's so many. There's hundreds, if not more. But I wanted to know what the internet says about the promises uh, to those who follow Jesus. Just to see if they talk about what I have in mind. In all of those websites, anything between five to seven main promises. Quite amazing. I'll give them to you. First one, promise of life. Life. Look, we're dead in our trespasses. People who are alive but are not saved are dead, actually. And the Bible says in Matthew 16, then Jesus said to his disciples, verse 24, 25, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, follow me, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It's amazing. When we stop chasing the things we believe, we... You know, uh, we will bring us that we believe that will bring us life and will bring us, uh, you know, uh, all the great joys and prosperity. And we start pursuing the creator of life who discover life as is. Then this is it. Even John 10, 10 says the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have what? Life. life. And may have it more abundantly. Wow. Let's move to number two, acceptance. We're no longer strangers. huh? We're accepted. John 6, 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Jesus will accept. And you can read Charles Spurgeon once called this his favorite verse. This passage, we discover the assurance that we have in Christ. So we have life. We have acceptance, number two. Number three is reward. The rewards that we're going to have here on earth, and of course later. Mark 10, 29-31. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the Gospels who shall not receive hundredfold now in this time 
houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life but many who are first will be last and the last will be first so we see there is reward number four revelation now when we believe we have revelation John 14, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. We will have the revelation of who Jesus really is. He will manifest himself to all of us. Number five, friendship with God. We're no longer enemies. We're no longer far. We're now the friends. That's amazing. Remember, since the time of the Garden of Eden, men could not be friends with God. And we tried it all. Religions, high priests, temples, whatever. It didn't work. And now we have in John 15, 14 to 15, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And of course, we know. Now we're friends. What about joy? Number six, joy. You better smile at least now <laughs> to just confirm this. But we know that in John 15, it says, As my Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. It's beautiful. Numbers. Uh, you have in John 17, but now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of this world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by this truth. Amazing. But he also promises that there will be trials. Number seven, trials. Yes, Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.12. All who desire to live godly in Christ, Jesus will suffer persecution. You know, people sign up for this faith as if this is it. You know, from now on, everything will be perfect. No. From now on, <laughs> you will be persecuted because what, of what you believe in. Now, what is missing here? I just gave you all seven. Seven promises to peace, joy, reward, life, friendship with God, and also some persecution. What is missing? What, what, what promise is missing here? Now these are all seven, everywhere. Seven promises, seven promises, seven. It's all those promises. But there's one promise. Look, 
I, as a believer, I live in 2021, I see this world collapsing, I see presidents that are not really representing me, government that don't represent me, parliaments that don't represent me, I see society that is falling apart, I see the definitions of families gone, I see everything is changing. And I know that I have another citizenship. I know I have another passport. What promise is missing in all of these seven? What will be the promise that is going to be attacked and is going to be ridiculed? <laughs> you see, even most of the songs don't talk about that. With the song we just sang, the last one, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, he will come. This is about the second coming of Jesus. It's not about what is missing in these seven things here. I'm going to read two verses from John 14. John 14, verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will what? Come again and what? Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's do it together, okay? He says, I will receive you into what? To myself, that where I am, you may be also. Wait, 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 wait. Who is changing address here? Let's look at the verse again. Who is changing address here? Who needs to go to where the other is? You see? When you start singing about the coming of the Lord back to this earth, it's great, it's wonderful. But that's the second coming of Jesus. The promise, and that by the way, this is what everybody loves to sing about. But the fact that he's going to come after he prepared a place for us, and he will come to receive us, not the world, to himself, so where he is, we will also be, it's remarkable. In other words, we need to be ready to change address. And we're going to a place that the contractors have been working on for the last 2,000 years. John 14, 18. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. It's a promise. As far as I'm concerned, that's a promise. I will come to you. Wow. Now, how many churches teach that? Maybe, maybe 3% if I'm generous. I am shocked every time I travel around the world how many people that I thought for sure teach that. They're not. Do you understand that we just read the Bible? We didn't make up anything. Jesus said that he prepared a place for us. He got to come, receive us to himself. So where he is, we will also be. That is English. I can tell that in Hebrew if you want. Uh, I mean, this is plain, simple, and easy to understand. Okay? And yet, that promise, the promise, 
no one talks about. Everybody ignore. Not just ignore. Second Peter chapter 3, 3-9. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to what? Their own lusts. In other words, look, I do what I do. Don't uh, interrupt. Don't try to sell me this whole thing that I need to leave this thing. I love what I do. My lusts. I'm attached to this place. And look what they say. Where is what? The promise. the promise. That's the promise I talk about. Where is the promise? Of what? Of His coming. Now he's talking about the church here. Of His coming to the church, not to the world. Where is the promise of His coming? What are you talking about? You're just making up some stories. And remember, they, they're what? They're walking according to their lusts. I mean, they have stuff here in this world that they really like. So because they're so attached to this world, when you come and tell them that Jesus is coming soon to take us out of here, it bothers them. <laughs> Listen, I landed in Singapore a few years ago. And uh, one of the... Um, deacons of a big church picked me up in a beautiful, beautiful car. I love cars. <laughs> and I'm sitting next to him and he's driving this beautiful car and he's telling me how God is good. And I say, hallelujah. How God is blessing him. Hallelujah. He's blessing his business. Hallelujah. He just built a dream house. Hallelujah. And then he said, I really don't mind if Jesus will not come right now. That's when the hallelujah stopped. He was so attached to the house he just built. So attached to the material blessing that he attributed to God. That he actually verbally confessed that he prefers Jesus not to come right now. And look, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of... I can, eat, I can do the Hebrew accent if you want, because it sounds good. All things continue as they were. For this, they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished. Think about those who were in the time of Noah. They never expected the flood. Eat and drink. And then, and Noah knew the promise and he told them he was a, he was a minister of righteousness. Remember, he must have shared the good news. He must have said, you have to repent. Oh, what are you talking about? The war First time ever, rain falls on planet Earth. Remember, before that, everything was watered from underneath, from underground rivers. First time ever, this beautiful bubble that the Earth was covered with, this canopy was penetrated 
through rain, and thus diseases started coming to this world. Ladies and gentlemen, planet Earth was perfect when God created it. He says, it is good. And he says, being flooded with water, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord, one day is a thousand years, or a thousand years like one day, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise. In other words, if you stand with a stopwatch and think that God is late, no, He's not late. Concerning His promise, which promise? The promise of His coming to take us. Concerning that, He is not late. The reason why you and I are still sitting here right now, it's maybe because somebody in this audience is still not yet a Christian. And we're still here. And you better accept Christ today. I want to be out of here. What happens to you? And look, he says, look what he says. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing. That's a big blow to the Calvinists. That any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, if you're here, and you're not saved, you never repented, and you don't understand that you need to, please do. That promise is of His coming, not for the world. I'm sorry, world, I'm sorry. Jesus' promise is first to come for His church. Amen. Not for the world. No, He said, I will come to receive you to Myself. Where I am, you will also be. I'm come taking you out of here. Amen. Jesus said, listen, get ready. I'm coming. And the rest of the world, mm, they're doing whatever they want. Look, they're like minions. <laughs> doing their stuff, partying, duh, 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 taking drugs, then go to rehab, then die, then take drugs. Duh, duh. I mean, it's just a vicious circle all the time. Only by faith in Christ it can be broken. Yeah. Only by repentance and acceptance of Him. Look, His coming is for the church if you love me keep my commandments and I will pray that the father and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you for another helper you know what it means that Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God the Father are not the same <laughs> hello all those who preach that it's the oneness thing he says, another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of what? Truth, whom the world cannot receive. It's already separation. If you're in the world and you're not in Christ, you cannot receive the Holy Spirit. Why am I saying that? How many Christians are telling me, because I'm a Jew, Rabbi this and this says this. He saw the Messiah. He saw the, the, the soon coming. No, he didn't. No. He, don't, he doesn't have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in no one but 
a believer in Christ Jesus. That's what the world says. I don't see that it says here that he is going to be abide. The spirit of truth whom the world, apart from the Jews, cannot receive. It doesn't say that. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you, you know him. For he dwells with you, and he will be in you. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, he said. He is coming not just to visit the church and bring us flowers and some cupcakes. You know, all the women in the ministry, they do the cupcakes, you know, flowers, cupcakes. No! Jesus will come to take the church. What do you mean, take the church? What, what, what do you mean, take the church? How can he take the church? Well, to take the church means you're now here, and you will not be here. Okay? That's the phone. I'm taking it right now. It's not here anymore. John 14, one. Siri? Not now. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare. I go. My Father's house. I go to my Father's house to prepare a place for you. No, it cannot be. Do you have a problem with Jesus' words? Because if you do, <laughs> talk to him. He just said that. If I go and prepare a place for you, what's the point for me to go and prepare a place for you and not come to take you? Say, so if I go, I love, this is a Jewish intellect. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. It's like, what's the point? Hello? Makes sense? He's preparing a place for us so he can take us to the place he prepared for us. That where I am, why is he saying that? Where I am. Because the church today is selling the people where we are, he will also be. And he says, where I am, you will also be. No, 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 no. Where we are, you will also be. Sorry, but I'm God. <laughs> where I am, you will also be. And where I go, you know. And the way, you know. So how do you get there? How can you, with this sinful body, sorry, not you, you know, all of you, how can you go? Can you be with God right now? In this body? Of course not. Look at you. I mean, think about it. By the way, take a picture of yourself from 20 years ago. You're dying. We are dying. Our body is sinful body. It is dying. Why? Because sin is in our body. David the king said, in sin my mother had conceived me. Sin is from Adam all the way. This 
corruptible cannot be in the presence of God. That's why he says, now I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does corruption inherit incorruption. So you don't know how you're going to make it? Let me tell you a mystery. Are you there? Okay. Tell you a mystery. We may not all die. The Bible calls it asleep because believers never really die. We just fall asleep. So we may not all asleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be what? Change. That's the only change I embrace. <laughs> we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible puts on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that it is written, death is swallowed up in victory. So, the promise is this. First of all, you're not alone, I'm sending you a helper. Don't cry. Second, it's not me, someone else, but he will lead you to all truth. And he will also convict you when you're in sin, convict the world in sin. And he will be with you and comfort you. He's the spirit of, he's the comforter, okay? So you're not alone, you will be comforter, uh, comforted, but don't worry, I'm coming back. And then until I come back, what am I going to do? I prepare a place for you. Don't bother him. He's working right now, preparing a place for you. And when it's ready and it's the right time, what will he do? Chris, come to receive you. And how can I be gone? Well, like this, surely you can't. Part of the promise is that you're going to change. Hallelujah. And all those who go to the gym every day are saying, Darn it. I worked so hard on this body and boom, it's just changing. <laughs> True. Say goodbye to those muscles. <laughs> now, I'm not here to preach bad lifestyle or unhealthy lifestyle, but I'm here to tell you, do not think that this body will ever make it to heaven. All right? Good. You can enjoy your muscles now if you want. It's not going to play any role in the, in the kingdom up there. Now, his soon coming is not to earth. Wait a minute. I thought I'm here right now. Yes, you are here, but he will not come back to, to meet you here. Where? We have a new meeting place. Brand new. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Because flight... Number, I don't know what, is going to take place. I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you, you, you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. In other words, Paul says to the people in Thessaloniki, don't cry for those who already died. Remember, when Christ will come to take us, he will bring with him the souls of yes. those who died. Yes. And they have to reunite with their new body, remember? Now look what he says. He says, for this is, for this we say to you by the word of the 
Lord. I love it when Paul said that. Paul is saying what I'm about to tell you, I'm about to tell you it's directly from the Lord. By the word of the Lord, he says, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. How it's going to happen? Watch this. Write it down. For the Lord himself, not his messenger, not an archangel, right. not some minor angel or something, is not going to send some. The Lord himself will descend, which means where is he right now? In heaven. He will descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Remember, their, their souls are with Jesus, coming back with Jesus, but the dead body is now rising with a new body. And then he says, and then we who are alive and remain shall be what? Okay, that word, cut up. In the Greek is harpazo. There's a word for that. Yeah, but the word rapture is not in Bible. <laughs> yes, but the Bible was not written in English. <laughs> well, who do you want? The word? Of course the rapture is not in the Bible. Harpazo is in the Greek. Yeah, but I, I don't read the Greek. So read the English. Yeah, but the rapture is not here. So read the Greek. <laughs> Guys, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. So what? There is no trinity. We, we read about it all throughout the Bible. And look, he says here, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord where? Yeah. Every time I'm landing with the airplane, we get to the point where you go through the clouds. And I'm looking, I'm saying, this is it. That's the balcony. Jesus comes to all the way right there, all the way right there. We go all the way up there, and we meet right there. That sounds too fantastic to me. All right, then. Well, I guess the parting of the Red Sea is uh, not... Uh, I mean, if you believe in the parting of the Red Sea and, and in, in the Jordan River rolling all the way back and, and in the resurrection of so many, do you have a problem with that? Plus, he said it's going to happen. It's not him, by the way. Paul is not saying anything, he says, but the word of the Lord. And then he says, we will meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall always be with the Lord. In other words, we're together with him. And what did he say that he's going to do? Take us to what? where he came from to where to a place that he prepared for us so there is great separation or should I say this so those who say kingdom now those who say we prepare this world for him to come back no you cannot prepare this world for him to come back he prepares his place for us to go to be with him. Yeah. Last time I checked. And those who say that there is a new apostolic reformation, that there is going to be a new line of apostles like the first century that will usher the coming of Jesus. No. Absolutely not. They're only the apostles of the first century. Now, people can have apostolic calling upon their life. That's a different story. 
but the apostles and the prophets are the thing upon which the church was built. They are the foundation. They're not the top. The church was built on top of it. They were there for the church to be built on top. And so that's, of course, not even biblical. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house, as we read many places. Not only that He will take us physically and He will bring us physically to where we are going to be with Him forever, He will reward His church. Jesus is not coming back here with some crowns to earth. How will He come back to this world? As what? As a man of war with a sword coming out of his mouth. He's not, he, that's not the baby Jesus or the one that gave his other, I mean, you need to get, get used to the fact he will come back not as a slave, not as a servant, as a king on a horse to destroy all of his enemies. Not with rewards, let me give you this. And no, no, the rewards will be where? Up there. That's why we have to go. If anyone builds on his foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which he has, look, we are going to be up there, and we are all going to be before Jesus, and all the works of our lives as believers are going to be tested. You're going to see a movie of your life. Now, don't worry, you already made it to heaven. There's no hell in heaven, okay? But you can be greatly rewarded or saved as from fire. And kind of be ashamed that you could have done more. Now, it's not, Jesus is not asking, how many people did you save? He's going to see if in the things that he gave you, there was what? Faithfulness. Well done what? Good and faithful servant. Whatever you do, do it heartily. As to the Lord, not unto men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. Not only that we're going to be rewarded, we will be the bride. He will marry his church. Oh, that's too weird. Listen, you've got a problem. We are the bride of Christ. The Bible says, husband, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself as glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies who he who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes, and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is great mystery, but I speak what? Concerning Christ and the church. 
In Revelation 19, I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give Him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His wife has made herself ready, and to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true saying of God. And then, of course, after we received our rewards, and after we are now married to Jesus, now he will return to earth, but not for the church, but with his church. The second coming is not for the church, it is with the church. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. We will appear with Him. We will come back with Him. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. You see, he makes war and he judges. His eyes were like a flame of fire. He's not coming back to this world with rewards. And on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven clothed in white linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. We are those that will fall. I always say in the second coming of Jesus, you don't want to see his face. You want to see his back. Amen. You want to ride behind him. You don't want to see his face. He's coming to judge. Zechariah 14, the latter part of, of verse 5. Thus the Lord my God will come and the saints with you. Hallelujah. It's Old Testament. You better believe it. He will reign with His church. Not just come back with reign. This is faithful saying, for if we died with Him, we shall also live with Him. If we endure, we shall also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He will also deny us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful. He cannot deny Himself. If we died with Him, we shall also what? Live with Him. And if we endure, we shall also reign with Him. And the Bible says in Revelation 20, and I saw thrones and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. They never married him. They are not the bride of Christ, but they will be also in the thousand years millennium kingdom, reigning with him. Remember that. The saints of the tribulation will die here. But they're not up there while we, what? Get our rewards and marry him. And he's marrying us, of course. Now, do you believe this promise? Yes. Yes.
It's a very, it, it sounds silly, but it's not. You know, remember Jesus and Martha? He said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, what? Shall live. Why? Because the dead in Christ will rise. And whoever lives and believes in me, and those that are alive and remain, shall never die. If the rapture happens right now, you shall never die. <laughs> but those who died in Christ will resurrect. And look what he, how he ended this thing with Martha. Do you believe this? He says, look, that's who I am. That's what's going to happen. But now, do you believe? Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tithing to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Remember, the thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy, but he came that we may have life and may have it more abundantly. And I will say this, you must know the one who made the promise in order to experience it. Amen. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and, and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the Spirit and the Bride. What is, what, the Spirit is in us. We are the Bride. And what are we saying? Come, come. let him who hears say come. Let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. He who testifies to these things says, what? Surely, I am coming quickly. See, Jesus said this. I'm about to come and take you. First of all, I left you because I have a job to prepare a place for you. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. But I will come back and take you. And where I am, you will also be. I'm going to leave my throne and descend meet you in the clouds but not like this you need to change first I don't like this you're gonna have to have new body in order to make it to the presence of God and I want you to look at your life I want you to receive your rewards I want to marry you as my wife 
and I want to come back with you and reign and judge with you because I love you. And that only promise is hidden. No one wants to talk about it. Everybody wants to talk about his second coming. Everybody, don't, they don't even understand that when he comes back to this earth, he's going, there's going to be a terrible time of judgment. No. Jesus has a special promise, the promise, for all of us. And so, Biden Schmeiden, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Bennett Schmennett, it doesn't matter. The promise is a promise because he who promised is faithful. He loves you so much and he wants you to know that things are going to get so bad but hey I am coming quickly. Father we thank you for your promise. Your word is truth. We feel right now that we have been sanctified by that truth. Thank you. Thank you for the promise the promise that so much being ridiculed and attacked even by people who call themselves Christians. Father, may you continue to remind us every day that promise. Surely you are coming quickly and we thank you for that. And until then, until then we promise to persevere, endure, and to be about your business and to conquer. We want to make disciples. We want to spread your word. We want to do what you told us that we need to do. And the only reason why you're not yet taking us is because, as you said, your long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but it all will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. And that's our job. That's what you left us with, the truth that shall set this world free. We thank you, we bless you, and we honor you when we pray all of this in the matchless name of the Holy One of Israel, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, Emmanuel, the one who died that we may live, and the one who promised to come and take us to be with him and to return to this earth to reign with him. We thank you in the name of Yeshua, our salvation. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen.